Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. Merry Christmas. You may be seated. You may be seated. We are so glad you're here. Wasn't that beautiful this morning? That was just, uh, this is my third service. I get weepy every service. So, and uh, that's all right. So if I have to stop and blow my nose in a little bit, y'all know me. So, well, we're in a series called what on earth am I here for? And we've spent the last four weeks looking at the answer to that. That is the question. And you must find the answer for that. What on earth am I here for? And it's not just about a career choice or whatever. It's much, much more than that. And we have a number of ways that you can go back and kind of uh, re-watch these or see them for the first time online. Um, a number of different platforms, easy to get to and free. And so I would encourage you to do that. But today I want to shift from this question here, what on earth am I here for? And ask the question, why on earth did Jesus come? Why on earth did Jesus come? And let's, let's move on up to today. What on earth is Christmas about? What on earth is Christmas about? We do a lot of things that if we don't know why we're doing them, we can get distracted by the things and think those things are what we're doing. And they're, they're, they end up kind of being empty and a little disappointing. And, but those things can be used to, to advantage to be a part of, you know, what, what we're celebrating. You know, trees and and lights and decorations and so forth, toys, um, candy canes. Did you know that this year worldwide they produced 1.76 billion candy canes? There's enough for everybody. There's especially one for you. Here, sweetie, this one's yours. Now there's less. 1.76 1.76 billion gifts, songs. You know, songs can throw us off too. What on earth is Christmas about? Think about it. You know, all I want for Christmas, my two front teeth, a hippopotamus, and all I want for Christmas is you, baby. So still, I'm no closer, you know, to the meaning of Christmas parties, so forth. Shopping. According to the National Retail Federation, 6% of you have not finished your shopping and will be finishing it on Christmas Eve. Any, anybody going to admit that this morning? Okay, several. <laughs> Studies also show this, that those who wait on Christmas Eve and the later they wait, it actually increases the shopping that is done at grocery stores, drug stores, and convenience stores. <laughs> the good gifts. of you are not done and won't finish until after Christmas. 59% will do some online shopping. How many of you have done some online shopping? Way more than first service. 61% uh, will buy gift cards this year. How many of you have bought bought gift cards? Actually, $27.6 billion will be spent on gift cards this year. And then the top items bought. Number one is clothing. Number two is books and or media. 
Number three is toys. Number four, I thought it'd be higher on the list, electronics. And so still, if shopping, buying things, exchanging gifts, I don't know that we're really closer to the answer to what on earth is, is Christmas all about. A number of years ago, I was visiting a, a church. I'd gone to visit a pastor down in South Florida. And in his church, they had a, a big Christian bookstore. And I was wandering around in there. It was, it was close to Christmas season. And they had a big nativity scene set up. So you've got Joseph and Mary and the, and the baby and, you know, a little manger. And there were some animals and uh, shepherds and wise men. But yet, technically, wise men didn't show up for about two years, okay? And that's for, an, for another day we'll talk about. So all the critters, the angel, everything there. And this beautiful little girl had wandered up there and was just mesmerized. And she's just looking at it. And she's all dressed up Christmassy. She's just looking at it. And I, I come around the corner and I see her and I just stop and watch. And the other people are just looking at this little girl just staring at this nativity scene. And she goes, Mommy, look, they're bowing down. And the mom kind of smiled knowingly at everybody around her, proud of her beautiful little girl. And she goes, yes, baby, and who are they bowing down to? And the little girl just looked and she went, mm, some little guy. kind of our culture. You know, most people know that there's something going on. We're just not quite sure who or what this is all really about. And then most adults, and I'm going to put myself in this, I'll admit this, most adults are desperately trying to recapture or recreate a feeling. Everybody say feeling. There's a feeling we're after. We want to feel Christmassy. Come on, are y'all with me this morning? We want to feel Christmassy. We're trying to recapture that. We're trying to recreate that in, in some way. We want to feel like a child again. I want to have that excitement, that wonder, that thrill, that anticipation. You know, no cares and just waiting for something exciting to happen. We're all after that, that feeling. But it's not going to happen because you're too old. You've lived too long. You've seen too much. We're calloused. We're hard. Nobody's going to make that happen for you again. And yet we still, we still try. We do get twinges. We do get bits and pieces of that. This morning I was up early praying and going over my notes. And I, I came downstairs and got a cup of hot tea and turned on our Christmas tree. I've got all my kids home. My heart is full as well as my house is full. And... I turned on the Christmas tree, and Alicia just does a fabulous Christmas tree every year. And I just kind of stood there for a moment and looked at it. It's beautiful, and the gifts, and then knowing my family's there. And, and I, I, I got the feeling. I got the feeling for a few moments. And then I turned to walk away to go back upstairs and finish things. And then I realized, but in a couple of days, we're going to tear that sucker down. Yeah. And I thought, how fleeting. How fleeting is this? And so we do things to try to get that feeling. You know, we, songs that we sing and then nostalgic things and smells and meals and traditions and, and places. My main job in Christ, Christmas shopping is the stockings. And I'm a pretty good, come on, family, I'm pretty good at, at stuffing the stockings. And so the other day I was finishing all that up and, and I'm wandering around, not advertising for anybody, but I'm wandering around Target and 
And I just thought, I'm done with everything, but there was something in me because I got a twinge of Christmassy. I thought, I'm going back to look at toys. And I went back and I thought, I want to look at matchbox cars. How many of you guys remember matchbox cars? Okay, and they still make them, but, you know, I still have mine, you know, from a kid. And I thought, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go look at these. And they'll casually just think I'm a peepaw that's out shopping, but I'm, I'm going to look at the cars. And, and, but I couldn't look at the cars because when I got there, there's a guy about my age taking up my space looking at the cars. So we're all trying to do it. And studies show that we spend more money and we travel longer distances at Christmas than any other time of the year. And part of it is, yes, family. And part of it is, yes, Christmas. But part of it is, too, I've got to get back to the place. I've got, got to try to have that feeling. So to be clear, let's make it real clear. Christmas is the celebration of the entrance of our Savior into the world. Would you read that with me? Christmas is the entrance, oh, excuse me, my bad. Take two. Christmas is the celebration of the entrance of our Savior into the world. Look with me in Matthew chapter 1. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary, it's reading in the New Living, it reads really well here. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Next verse. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. How many of you wish that when you're about to make dumb decisions, an angel of the Lord would appear to you? (laughs) As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For or because he will save his people from their sins. So Mary, in other scriptures, had been told who, who this child would be. Joseph had been told what he would do. And by being told what he would do, it was revealed to Joseph why he would come. And that's our question today is, why on earth did Jesus come to earth? He came to save his people from their sins. Now, the name, he's told to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus, and let's put it up here, Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Let's give a little meaning to this. Jesus, also a common name, Joshua, my middle son. His name is Joshua, very much tied into this. Yahweh saves. God is salvation. Jehovah, the Savior. So in essence, whenever we see or say or sing or pray or declare the name of Jesus... What we're saying should be this right here, Savior, Savior. Everybody say Savior. So when we gather in his name, we're gathering in our Savior's name. When we pray, when we sing, when, we, when you're alone and when you're desperate, when you're crying out, when you're afraid and you call out the name of Jesus, you're actually calling out Savior. God sent a Savior because we 
needed to be saved. God sent a Savior because we needed to be saved. Again, Christmas is a celebration of the entrance of our Savior. And as I said earlier, Christmas makes no sense without, without Easter. Look, look in 1 Timothy chapter 1. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. That Christ Jesus, here's a major Christmas verse for you. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Who wrote this? The Apostle Paul, the chief apostle, the main guy of the New Testament epistles. And he says this, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. You know all those other guys. No, he said, me, me, I'm, I'm chief among them. Jesus came into the world not to save everybody else. We need to not have that mindset. It's those other people. No, it needs to be us. It needs to be me. Everybody say me, me. We need to realize that this, this is part of the whole thing. Look in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all, including me, including you, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20. Not a single person on earth is always good and never sins. If somebody puts on for you like that, they're putting on. Because there's not a single person on earth who's always good and never sins. So all that put, into, put together, Jesus came, God sent a Savior, Jesus came to save us from our sins. Then look at me for this. I am the reason for the season. You. You are the reason for the season. Because he sent a Savior. Why did, he, why did he send a Savior? Because I needed saved. You needed saved. You're the reason for the season. Your boss. Your mother-in-law. Is the reason for the season. Listen, because there's, because there's sin. The reason for Christmas is there's sin and there's sinners. And, and God sent a Savior to save us from our sins. If everything and everybody was perfect, there'd be no Christmas, there'd be no, there'd be no Savior because there would be no need. But there's a massive need. And if it wasn't for all the junk and all the dysfunction and all the, the, the tension and brokenness and addiction and, and failure, if it wasn't for all of that, and if everything was relationally perfect, then Jesus would not have had to come. There would be no need for a Savior, there'd be no need for for Christmas. But there's a need. And I'm the reason and you're the reason. And I'm thankful that God sent a Savior. Amen? Amen. Now, my wife and I, both of us, this is unique, that our families, our whole family line, there's never been any problem, any trouble, any bad. I'm lying through my teeth. Every family here there's relational this and that and problems and brokenness. Come on, anybody, anybody here? I actually did one of those things, you know, where you spit in a tube and send it off, get your DNA check. It came back. I'm a pirate. My point is this. Christmas time especially, we go to the store and we go to the card department. And a lot of times we can't find a card that fits our families. So I've been threatening to do it. I think I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to come out with my own line of cards for real families 
for dysfunctional families. Come on, would any of you buy, would you buy these cards? Well, I have a few samples to show you here. Merry Christmas, isn't that beautiful? Then you open it up. You don't know me, but I'm your brother, really. Here's one, I like this one. Deck the halls. Go ahead. Thanks for nothing. It's one of our top sellers. Season's greetings. Go ahead. What in the world were you thinking? Joy to the world. Go ahead. You put the fun in dysfunction. Peace on earth, please. If you met my family, you'd understand. And the last one here. Actually, you're the reason for the season. You're the reason for the season. I'm the reason for the season. Look with me in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. I got to tell you that when I was a preteen and our family got saved, and it seemed like people only read parts of verses. And so the part that they read to us back then is the wages of sin is death. You need to read the rest of it. But, everybody say but. But, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Free gift. Pastor Nick talked about it up here a few minutes ago. How many of you like to get a gift? Free gift, free gift. And the free gift of God, yes, the wages, the outcome of this all is is death, but the free gift takes care of that. And for some, they celebrate, they do all the stuff to celebrate and never really open up the gift and open up the gift that God has sent to us. God sent Jesus as a gift 2 Corinthians 9.15 in the New Living says this, Thank God for his son, a gift too wonderful for words. So watch what happens. Jesus, the son of God, savior, gift, sent by God for us. So he's sent by God to be our savior, but he was also sent to save us, to bring us back to God. Now, when we come back to God, we get the gift, the greatest gift anybody could have. And here it is. You ready? Relationship. Come on, say it. Relationship. Relationship with our heavenly father. Now, now dial in right here. Look at me. Look at me. Relationship, not religion, not a list of do's and don'ts and rules and regulations. If you try to live that, you can't. It makes angry, fake people. But a relationship with a living God is only possible through what Jesus came and did. And he saved us and took things out of the way to bring us back so that you and I could have a relationship. It's a gift. And get this, get this. Your relationship, your salvation has nothing to do with your effort. It's a gift. However, your spiritual growth, your spiritual progress has much to do with your effort. That's why we pray. That's why we get in his word. That's why he says, come to his house. We come to his house. We obey those things. But I'm telling you, the relationship is a gift. Say gift again. We get this relationship gift from God. Now, let me go back to kind of where I started here this morning. Are you looking for that feeling? Are you looking for that 
Christmassy feeling. We're looking for this something. I find myself doing it and then I remind myself what this is really, really about. I love when I get those little twinges and so forth. But if you're looking for that feeling, what you're actually looking for in Christmas terms is something we'll call comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Let me reduce it even further. Here's what we're looking for. Relief. Relief. Everybody say relief. Look with me in John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world. This is Christmas, y'all. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I love that verse, but I love this next verse even better. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Do you know what effect this verse has on me? Relief. Relief. Because he did not send his son in the world to condemn the world. He sent his son into the world to save the world. Everybody say relief. Come on, give me a big sigh of relief. Now let me help you get this. How many of you have ever been driving along, suddenly you look up in the rearview mirror and local law enforcement is behind you. And then suddenly their lights come on. By now, your stomach crawls up into your chest cavity. And then they go around you. What's that called? Relief. Relief. And, then, and then you're all 10 and 2. <laughs> Am I right? Or we're waiting for test results, either from school or from the doctor. You know, why can't we get instant results? You know, and then you're waiting, you're waiting, and then the doctor calls, and you've got caller ID. (gasps) And then they say, we just want to call and let you know everything's okay. What's that called? It's called relief. Or that test you did at school, and you're like, ah. And then you get it back, and it's got 100 A-plus smiley face, good job. (laughs) That's relief. Let me tell you relief, too. About two years ago, some of you will remember I, I got hurt, had an accident. And um, it was about this time of the year, Alicia and I were sitting on the front porch. I'd had my first of three surgeries. I'm still wearing this turtle shell back brace and had my arm still uh, all wrapped up and everything. And we were sitting on our porch. And she went down to get the mail, which griped me, too, because I will race her to the mailbox, you know. So she went and got the mail, and she came up. And we're sitting on our porch. And she handed me, and she goes, here's the bill from the hospital. And so we open it up, and we look, and there's the amount for everything. And it was obscene. How are we going to do that? I come down a few lines, and it says, insurance has paid. And there was an amount there. You owe $120. What's that called? Relief. Then we opened up some other mail. We got a Christmas card from a precious older couple in our church. And in the card was a check for $150. Y'all, I made 30 bucks off of getting hurt. (laughs) 
What's that called? Relief. Relief. Listen, I may not get that Christmassy feeling, but I've been so dialed in on this the last couple of days as the Lord's really been showing this to me more and more. Here's my relief that I can walk in. This is this comfort and joy that I can walk in. Knowing that I'm not going to hell. That the debt for my sins has been fully paid. I'm not on God's bad list. I'm not on the naughty list. I know who my source is. I know that I will never be alone. I will never be without help. I, I do not have to do life with without him. Listen. And, and goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And then when my life is over, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So whether or not I get a twinge of anything else, I want you to start walking around, strut if you must, but walk around like people who have a relationship with a good heavenly father that is a gift to you that you grow in. And I want you to walk around with some comfort and joy. I want you to walk around like somebody who has some relief in your life. And as you walk around with that relief in your life and that gift that God has given you, I want you to understand this. It, we're not going to tear it down in a few days. You don't have to pack it up in a few days. This will last all year and next year and for the rest of your life. So what do we do? What do we do? We celebrate. We celebrate. And I want to call you to celebrate. I want you to sing and sing loud. I want you to eat. No, don't eat. Feast in your homes. Laugh. Laugh loud. Give gifts. Be extravagant. Receive gifts. Be grateful. Hug people. Even your weird relatives that don't like to be hugged. Hug them. (laughs) decorate. And some of you, listen, we've been driving around town. Some of you have done a pretty sorry job of decorating. (laughs) What? You got the rest of today. (laughs) Celebrate like some people with a relationship. Celebrate like some people that have some relief. If nothing else, get out some tinfoil and put it on some stuff, okay? (laughs) But we are a people who celebrate. Thank God he looked and saw our condition. And he sent a savior because you and I needed to be saved. And that that brought us relationship with God. And it brings us relief every day for the rest of our lives. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.